and welcome to today's Meet the Artist interview sponsored by the San Francisco Ballet Center for Dance Education. It is Sunday, March 8th, 2015, and we are in the War Memorial Opera House before a matinee performance of Program 4 in San Francisco Ballet's 82nd repertory season, a program of Jerome Robbins' Dances at a Gathering and Liam Scarlett's Hummingbird. This program will also be posted as a podcast on our website, sfballet.org, where you can also find videos, dancer interviews, bios, in case you want to learn more. My name is Caroline Giese. I'm the Artistic Administrator at San Francisco Ballet, and today it is my pleasure to welcome Pascal Mola. Good afternoon. So I must note that, that this year we produced a beautiful souvenir book, we call it the Look Book, and Pascal has agreed to sign copies in the, of course. <laughs> in the, in the ballet shop on the box lobby, or the box level after this interview. So needing no introduction, but <laughs> Pascal trained at the Paris Opera Ballet School and danced professionally in Europe before joining San Francisco Ballet as a soloist in 2002 and was promoted to principal dancer just one year later. Aside from a vast repertory of classical works and full-length ballets, Pascal has created roles in ballets by Mark Morris, Wayne McGregor, Ashley Page, Yuri Posikov, Helgi Thomason, Christopher Wielden, just to name a few. <laughs> and though he's not performing today in Hummingbird by Liam Scarlett. So our audience rarely gets a chance to see behind the scenes. They just see the beautiful end product. So given all of your experience working with new works and choreographers, can you tell us about that creation process in the studio? It was very interesting to work with uh, Liam Scarlett. First of all, because he's uh, a very young choreographer and um, he has trained also in the Royal Ballet of Lon uh, in London and has a very strong um, classical training, of course. But uh, what I like about his choreography, it's there is always a twist. It's not pure classicism, but he's really using like the vocabularies that uh, we have been used uh, all our life. <laughs> and really making like something uh, different. What I liked actually to work with him is because he's very young, so he's very also open and uh, ready to get new ideas also coming from uh, the dancers, but he doesn't need much because uh, his imagination, uh, the steps that he created for us, uh, I was really amazed by his uh, vocabulary, by his imagination, because like a lot of lift, for example, in, in Hummingbird, uh, I can tell I did like many, many different ballets uh, through all my career, and he really surprised me uh, how he came with uh, different lifts where I n never did before. But uh, on top of like being very imaginative, he's uh, a very uh, sweet guy. Uh, very open-minded and uh, the way uh, he works with us uh, was very simple uh, but he knows exactly what he wants and it was um, really great to share uh, because the gap between the generation also are not so important so it was very uh, nice to see his own approach his own vision of the dance and 
since he's very young, he's also showing you very well what he wants. Uh, you don't have like to try to figure out which step he, he wanted. It can really like show you like exactly uh, what he meant. And for us also, it's of course easier like to really know exactly uh, uh, the thoughts that he has for his choreography. And and I mean the relationship was uh, really great. It, it the dialogue between the artist and the choreographer was so simple and easy that it's to work in those conditions, of course, you can just give your best, really. And you say he could clearly communicate his vision for the piece. So what did he tell you about it? Actually, he didn't tell us about uh, um, a storyline or anything about it, even if I, I really think there is one. <laughs> and that's what it, uh, that's why it's great, because he gives us the steps and a little bit of the atmosphere of the piece, but it really gives us like a, a big freedom to interpret uh, the padders because in Hummingbird there is three different padders, and so there is like each of them have has a different flavor. And um, I would say like the first one is a little bit playful and conflictual, but it's, it's just my own eyes. <laughs> the second one is more like uh, a relationship uh, who can goes. Uh, towards exhaustion almost. It's, there is so many um, steps in this choreography. I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah, a, a lot of um, uh, steps in, in, a in a few eight, in one eight, for example, like you'll see especially in the second pas de deux. And the third one is really more just playful. Of course, it follows also the, the music of Philip Glass, which is always very interesting. So I think there is like three di different atmospheres that uh, create the entire ballet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. And is there one, so he came out and he staged the, or created the ballet months before it premiered. So then he came back and premiered at the end of last season. And then we took it to Paris and he was also in Europe at that time. You know, as you've seen him and perform this piece so many times, even over the last year, is there one correction that he continues to give the cast or something that he continues to emphasize even before you go on stage? I will say hopefully not. <laughs> <laughs> because it We're will the mean... the approach, <laughs> not the technique. Yes. <laughs> because uh, it will mean that we don't absorb what he's saying to us and the piece doesn't grow. So, no, I mean, like... Um, it, it, the process is always uh, very interesting when we do a piece, then we repeat it like six months later, then a year later, because even as a dancer, of course, uh, uh, the choreography is more part of you and getting really into your body, and so you can like really try to create something else than just like doing uh, the steps perfectly technically and everything so it's more about like after creating like the artistry about it and I, I believe like like I said it led us a lot of freedom about the artistry about like what what we want to deliver on stage in in some ways like you'll see like the different nuance because he loves nuance in those different padded but um, the most interesting for the dancer, it's always like to uh, um, ask you the good question. Even if when you did it the first time and it went well, it's always important to go back to the beginning and ask you different questions. And sometimes you really find different ways to actually uh, 
do the choreography that you already did. And that's why I say like uh, uh, when you have like uh, this ballet six months after or year after, you let it rest, you don't think about it, and when you come back to it, it's like sometimes you have new ideas and, and you really like search to uh, make it better and better. So it's a, a natural process since you are getting more comfortable with the steps because you, you have done it already in the past, it's a, it's a good way to really free yourself in some other way uh, artistically. That's beautiful. Uh, already this season we've seen you in a number of ballets and here at San Francisco Ballet we rotate programs um, but we sometimes do a full length and mixed rep. So already this season, one night you were doing the monk in Raku, and the next night you were doing Hilarion and Giselle, and you're probably used to that by now, but how do you mentally prepare for that change? Um, it's true that when I arrived in the San Francisco Ballet the first year, um, I was coming from Le Ballet de Monte Carlo when we are a repertory and we were touring almost with the same ballets, and when I arrived like uh, 13, 14 years ago here, I was a little bit in shock like with the number of ballet you had like to uh, digest and execute on stage. I remember uh, the first season, uh, I had like maybe three world premieres in two days, which uh, really didn't happen to me before in my career. And since I arrived in San Francisco Ballet, that was like I say, a little shock, but you get used to it because it's also a gymnastic like mentally and also physically to change style. Um, now, between Raku and Go on Hilarion, I won't say that I properly, uh, 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 mentally, I prepare myself. Uh, I will say it's just a matter of concentration. When you have to do something, is uh, a, a role like Raku, you have to be uh, kind of mean or depending, <laughs> not, not that uh, uh, very nice person <laughs> to Hilarion, who is a very nice person, but hopefully, uh, I mean, um, too bad for him, he's, <laughs> he's getting a little bit sacrificed in that story. But, um, <laughs> but I will say I, I, I don't like uh, uh, take like 20 minutes and thinking over and over about like what I'm going to do in Raku. And it's just a, a, a matter of a gymnastic that uh, you have to be in the moment when you have to do it. And so like that, to pass to Raku, to Hilarion or Sancho Panza, or I will say just a matter of uh, being very concentrated with your character to execute it, but there is no like uh, special, special like uh, <laughs> training or method that I use to, uh, to try to get into the role. You have to be in the now. In the now. And looking forward, we're about halfway through this season, so what else are you looking forward to performing? So of course like uh, uh, Donkey, Donkey Shot is coming and it's always like a, it's a little bit uh, uh, Don Quixote, in, I'm doing Sancho Panza, and um, it's, a, it's a quite a funny role, and I don't have much pressure on stage, I'm a little bit like, of course, the choreography and everything, but uh, I, I'm more an actor than a dancer, and uh, trying to um, really make sure that everybody understands the story, even if Don Quixote, almost everybody knows it. But it's, uh, uh, Sancho is really a link toward all the story with Don Q. And, uh, <clears throat> and I will say, uh, I'm, I'm just having fun. I mean, like, all the time. <laughs> but even more fun knowing that there is no, no much pressure about the dancing. 
but um, the acting it's also can be a lot of pressure if uh, you don't know what you're going to do or not completely sure of what you're going to do. And when you're acting, it's a little bit, of course, like dancing because it's all about the rhythm. I mean, like if you tell a joke, um, um, the rhythm that you tell in your joke is going to make you laugh or not. The way you make pauses, the way you uh, interact uh, fast or slow, or just an intonation. Or so it's, it's um, subtle. It needs to be subtle, but at, some times, at the same time, it's very powerful just to make sure everybody is getting it. That's why when we are on stage, it's, uh, I always encourage like younger uh, dancers to take their time. Where when you are on stage, uh, before it gets to hit you in the audience, since like there is a, a, a lot of di distance, from the stage to uh, uh, the audience, you really need the time to make sure all the audience can read what you are saying. And that's part of the reason where in a normal life, you will certainly go much faster. But when you are uh, on stage, you have to make sure to articulate all what you want to say, either like with uh, the dan a dancing part or if you are acting. So. That's where you can have a lot of pressure because in, somehow if you just do things without thinking about it, it will not have the same impact, that's for sure. And you've done Sancho Panza many times. Do you feel like that characterization has come naturally to you or you've developed it over time? That's the same. It's mm -hmm. like when you take a ballet and, yeah. and, and bring it back many times over like the 14 years I've been with the company. Uh, I don't tend to try to, to replicate exactly what I did the first time. Uh, I really try to develop the character, find some new jokes or more dramatic also at the end of the second act. And um, if I can, in my research also, if I can find something that I can take and uh, put it with my own personality, uh, that's a plus. So like towards like all those years, uh, my first Sancho doesn't look like the Sancho I will certainly do like in, in, in a week or two. So that's what is interesting. It's like to never forget the, pro uh, the, the process and try to always improve and be uh, the simplest. Like uh, more simplicity, uh, more, effici more efficiency, I will say. So uh, I always try to take off as much as I can to uh, get the gist of the character and to not have too much gesticulation and things like that because otherwise you, you are getting lost for the audience and for yourself. And as a very seasoned principal dancer now, do you see yourself as a teacher and a coach to younger dancers? Yeah, it's been many years that actually with the company when I can give some advice here and there to many dancers about their technique but also psychologically. Uh, or artistically, I think it's very important to them from the oldest one, since I'm the oldest in this company for the male dancer. <laughs> um, yeah, I take the lead. I didn't ask him that. No, no, I know, but it's fine. I, I think I, I, I worried very well. <laughs> um, now, I think it's important also to pass it on and the, the, the maturity and experience. Uh, is helping me, but also I like can help also like the younger ones uh, uh, 
because like most of a lot of them also are coming to me and asking me some advice and and I'm always um, happy to uh, deliver all my secrets to them. <laughs> what kind of secrets do you tell them? <laughs> <laughs> Like, uh, I, no, but earlier I was uh, speaking about the rhythm. Um, I think the rhythm is the is fundamental base on all what you're gonna do. Like I said, like either like uh, dancing-wise or, or acting. Um, sometimes I just wanna make sure that to give, um, to make them understand the importance on certain things where they should pose more or take more of the time in the preparation to make sure like technically uh, they can accomplish what they want or uh, I mean like dancing like you, you respond to gravity and you respond also like to ge geometry into space and uh, having a focus having good direction having good preparation uh, will ensure you to make uh, uh, to make that step like the way you wanted it. So it's important to be very didactic and try to explain step by step what you have in mind to them to make sure they understand that they can assimilate it, digest it, and then execute it. So of course, all of that is linked uh, to uh, teaching. And it's true that uh, one of my duties that I feel inside of me is to pass it on. So. Uh, uh, being a teacher will certainly be like a, a natural thing for me in the future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I had the chance also to teach al already many times uh, at the San Francisco Ballet School on trainee program or level eight men. So uh, hopefully, you know, in the future we'll see. Mm -hmm. Well, I know they look up to you a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's time to open it up to questions. So are there any questions from the audience? Uh, yes, here. <laughs> Thank you. So the question is, what challenges you still at this stage in your career? The, the, the challenge remains always the same. Uh, pleasing you. <laughs> Making sure you have a good time and make sure you're going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and for that, you have to uh, give your best. But uh, giving your best, um, you don't need to put too much pressure on you. Because if you put too much pressure on you, it, it can like take off something out of you. Uh, that's why the challenge will be today like just to be relaxed. You know what you have to do. You just have to do it. <laughs> the, the, the challenge wise after will come of course at the beginning when we learn a new choreography to really understand what the choreographer wants and everything but the best part for us as a dancer it's of course to be on stage and delivers and um, like I say the challenge it's, it's just to be uh, yourself uh, try to uh, uh, put your personality out there all the time and give your best Does putting on makeup and your costume help you get into your role? Completely. 
<laughs> because you have a, suddenly you have a different, uh, uh, if you are looking into the mirror world, you get the makeup done and you put your costume, suddenly you see somebody else. So uh, it's quite often that when I'm getting like my makeup on and everything, I'm already joking like in s <laughs> with the character that I am already. And I believe I just like put it, <laughs> transpose it on stage and that's it. But it's true that like uh, half an hour, an hour before when you are getting into the costume, uh, uh, yeah, you feel being the character already. When you go back to France, to Paris, do you attend the ballet? Yes, I do, because uh, as, as she, she, she told us before, I, I was uh, in the Paris Opera School before, and a lot of my friends are star dancers in Paris Opera. And so when I'm in Paris, I always take uh, the opportunity to, to see them dance and, and to have also dinner after with them and everything. So yes, of course, I, I attend in Paris Opera, but also in other cities in France when I'm, where I'm going. The question is, how do you adapt your style when you're working with a female partner, and how does it change? Uh, we have, I mean, I, I've been here for a long time, so I will say I, I almost dance with every uh, single woman in this company. And so, of course, I know them, and they are, of course, all different, and they're asking for some different things. So I will say, like, uh, as a partner, the most important thing that um, you have to do is to make sure to listen to them and, and, and go toward their needs. Because if they feel comfortable, it's going to be easier also for you as a partner behind. So, like, really, like, the main thing is uh, to make sure uh, they are comfortable, and, and they get what they want. Kind of the same thing in life, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's another question down here. What is your favorite role and why? In full-length ballet, uh, with no hesitation, I will say it's a Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet. Uh, simply because this character is very close to my own personality. <laughs> so, um, playful, joking around, and um, making sure to get the attention of the others. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, uh, yes, Mercutio for, for sure, and for those reasons, because it's, it's a very complex role. Uh, actually, it's the most complex role in Romeo and Juliet. And um, in the characterization of this uh, of this character, it's what is important. It's like for you to uh, find a logical way to bringing from A to Z, and the personality that, like the first few steps that you uh, doing on stage, should uh, really like um, give the first um, sense of what your role or what the path you are going uh, to take all along the ballet. So um, yeah, really Mercutio, it's, you have like so many different ways to, to approach it psychologically. And that uh, for me, it's always like a pleasure to dance it. And do you have a role that you have not yet performed, but you want to perform? 
There is one ballet that I would have loved to perform in my life, and I don't think it's not going to happen, but um, uh, it's a choreography from Roland Petit called uh, Le Jeune Homme et la Mort, The Young and Death, I believe, in English. And it's a, I mean, like I think, like in uh, White Nights, in the, in the movie that uh, Baryshnikov did like uh, two decades ago, uh, the first scene uh, that you can see in that movie is uh, actually coming from Le Jeune Homme et la Mort. And it's a very uh, dramatic ballet, and um, it's one of those ballets who would have loved to dance, but like for different reasons, it never happened. But um, yeah, that's the one. Any more questions? <laughs> Why I'm not going to perform it? Because it's not going to be really, in a, it's not in our repertory here in San Francisco Ballet. And I believe like that uh, before I retire, it will not be. <laughs> so I don't think it's not going to happen because like also like this big ballet really needs to be uh, done by principal dancer by a main company. You will not see like a small company doing it. Yes, in the back. When you first came to San Francisco Ballet, what did you hope to find and what have you found? Actually, if I came in the San Francisco Ballet, uh, it's because I, I knew what I will find. <laughs> and it's in the repertory. Um, I knew, of course, like the excellence of the company that attract me and also the dancer. And I knew also about the diversity of the repertoire and that's really what triggered my curiosity to come and audition for the company. And I've been more than well served during all those years to do actually so many, many different style, many different character, and that's what I was looking for. Well, on that note, I think that's all we have time for. Um, thank you so much, Pascal. And My pleasure. And thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you.